Ladies and gentlemen, this is your places call. All right, everybody, back to one. Stand by lights one and sound one. Camera speeding. Audio speeding. Lights and sound. Go. And action. Hey, everybody, welcome back to Pretend World's Real People. As always, my name is Tyler. And this week, I'm bringing on one of my good buddies to the show. I don't know why it took so This has been a long wait, actually. <laughs> she was the top five names I wanted to bring onto the podcast. But, you know, life comes up. Things get busy. She actually moved to L.A. last year. And since she moved there, a bunch of crazy and amazing things have been happening for her. I'm so proud of her. If you've been following... This podcast, or for some reason you know of the work I've done, she was my co-star in my web series Marvels, and she's gone on to lead an independent feature, she's working on TV now, she just picked up a really awesome agent in LA. I, I'm just so proud of her. I really don't want to spoil this conversation because her story is just amazing. You know, it, <laughs> she's one of those people who left her corporate job to pursue her artistic dream. And that dream is paying back in full right now. So if you are ready for an incredibly motivational story, listen to this episode. I'm not going to say anything else. I can't, I, can't, I can't spoil it. I won't spoil it. I'm just going to shut up. <laughs> this is why I don't do intros that well. With all that being said, let's tune in, get some popcorn, maybe get a seltzer or a Sprite or a beer if that's your thing. And let's talk to Nicole C. Page. Ladies and gentlemen, we have Miss Nicole Page on PWRP. How's it going, buddy? Hi, Tyler. (laughs) Hi, Stephanie. Hi, Nicole. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. I am super excited to be here with you guys. Is this your first? Well, you, yeah, I was just going to say, you just told us it's your first podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, this is great because I definitely live in a pretend world. And I think I'm real. Oh. So I think we're, I think this is the right place to start. Can we Perfect. make that shirt for you? I want you to wear that out in LA. Yeah. I think everyone in LA lives in a pretend world. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Well, buddy, uh, go ahead and tell everybody uh, what you do, who you are, what you stand for, what's your, what's your thing? All mm. right. The, the, the short of it. Yeah, sure. uh, I'm uh hi everyone. I'm Nicole C. Page. Um, I just add the C back. C stands for Christine, but there's already like six other Nicole pages on IMDB. So mm-hmm. that's my signature. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yes, I'm an actress in LA. I like to think when people say, What do you do? I don't actually I don't love to say actress because I think of it more as performing arts in general, any way of using my body, my voice. Um and acting is a piece of that. I do love uh, film and camera acting, especially right now in my life in the past few years, because it's such a surreal experience. It's like actually the most inner child experience, because even <laughs> though, you know, you see it all finished and it's a narrative and it's easy to follow on, on, a, on a screen when you're watching it, like making it is the weirdest kind of pop in, pop out, <laughs> like mm-hmm. pretend there's this like random thing right here. And now like, cry with all your might like everyone you've ever known has died um so it's just like I don't know it's really fun and obscure and I love the abstract surreal and obscure so 
<laughs> awesome. Can you share uh, really quick anything you've been on that people might like recognize you from or look for you on? <laughs> Um, not yet. <laughs> okay. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, I was just in, um, filmed a feature in New Mexico or not New Mexico, sorry, Mexico, Mexico, uh, <laughs> oh, wow. last, last year. Um, that's still in the waves of things like things take about a year or more to come out. Sure. Um, but I did actually some of the first things I did was with Tyler doing our, <laughs> doing the web series Marvels which what in Colorado. So that was incredible because we were making that and use that as an excuse to go to Sundance and share it with people. And that's actually how I got the job in Mexico was because I took some business cards with me with my headshot on them. And I was like, all right, where's everyone hanging out, chilling? And there's the bookstore there where everyone gets their coffee in the morning, everyone. And I just put a stack there and I got a phone call three months later. So that's awesome. <laughs> Look at that smart marketing. Good for you. <laughs> That was a fun trip. That was, it was it was all business. Hey, let's wake up, get breakfast, take an Uber to Park City. Where should we go? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we didn't even have any tickets. We were just like, let's just walk around and be in the rooms where it happens and talk to people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's cool. And saw I still have that list of everybody we saw for what two days, <laughs> and it's about thirty or forty people. <laughs> wow, Stanley Tucci on there twice. The Tucci. The tooch. Uh, I saw yeah. Alec Baldwin and almost burst into tears. I had to remove myself to the back of the bookstore because 30 Rock <laughs> meant a lot to me growing up during some hard times. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, I respect you so much and your dedication to this crap. But I didn't say that. I was like, it was those moments where you're like, I can't keep it cool. So I'm just not, I'm just going to yep. love you. I'm going to radiate love from afar. Yep. How long have you been in LA? I just moved here late July. So, oh, okay, great. When I was filming down in Mexico in Baja, we filmed for like two months and then I decided to stay there because it was still the pandemic. And I was like, why not live in paradise on the beach mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. be creative? And then at one point um, I stayed down there and did an extra, uh, I was an extra down in Cabo for a big film and they were all heading back to LA. I'm like, cool, I'm gonna get a plane ticket too. <laughs> and I just flew to LA with a suitcase and started from there. Wow. And in that very short amount of time, everybody, for anyone who's listening who has not heard of, you know, the whole moving to LA process, especially if you want to be an actor and how rigorous and tough that is, Nicole's just been absolutely killing it because I think we can both agree that your networking skills are, are unparalleled. <laughs> you just, you, you end up meeting all these people that are somehow connected to who you will be in the future and it's it just it always impresses me so if you wouldn't mind like tell tell your listeners like how your first few months into now in LA have been I mean I've heard everything and I love mm -hmm. hearing about it but like what what were your thoughts when you got there were there any moments where you thought yeah maybe I'll go to like New York or maybe I'll go to London I don't know just try something different what uh what was your journey like well, like you said, moving to LA is like the big jump for, for any actor or entertainer. And there's a lot of people will give you a lot of advice on how to, when you're ready or how to prep for it or how much money in the bank you should have. And um, I did the opposite of all the advice I'd been ever given <laughs> or heard, um, which was like, have this amount of money so you can focus and that. No, I, I, was, I was in debt on credit card debt. <laughs> and, uh, but uh, that was the thing though, is I had noticed there are people in my life who 
did what they wanted to do and just figured it out along the way. Now I had been paring down my life for about two years prior. Um, so I didn't have, while like if had I done this five years ago, I would have had like a lot of baggage and a lot of people to manage with me. But at this point I pretty much knew what I wanted to be doing. So I made a life that was ready to be mobile. So when I was, and also being in Mexico was pretty incredible because not only was I living um, on very little, but I also was really embedded in the town. So if we wanted to create something, we just made it happen. It was all like a lot more community oriented than I had ever been in the US. Like it's always, mm -hmm. it feels like acting can be just you against the world. Everyone's your friend until they're your competitor. And then you're on a show and you're friends and you're competing again. And that was really lonely process. Um, but I showed up in LA. Well, first when I decided I wanted to go, I was like, well, I should like know, have a rough idea of where I'm gonna live. So I found a co-living um, <laughs> and it, I happened to find one that was for actors. Cause I was like, I want month to month. I don't know what my budget's gonna be. Maybe it'll be great quickly, maybe it'll be bad, but, and I don't know what neighborhoods are. I'd never been to LA. I actually had been for one weekend, like seven years prior. So not actually knowing where to be, where the work was. I wasn't even gonna have a car. I was like, I'll figure it out, it's fine. Um, so I did have one friend being like, you probably wanna be in Hollywood because at least there's a, a, a train. I was like, ooh, thank you for the, the tip. And mm -hmm. <laughs> so I planned it around the train stops that I thought I would be using um, as people I knew who was from there. And then, um, yeah, I found this co-living for creatives and actors and it had a, a voice, like what I knew I'd need for auditions. Um, it had like a whole room with backdrops and lighting. There was a voiceover booth and it was month to month. We all now, we all lived in cubbies, <laughs> basically, like better than bunk beds. You have your own little cubby that you live in. That's your box and you have a curtain. Um, so there's four to a room separated by gender. So it's about 25 of us living there. But the amazing thing of that was showing up and being like, hi, I'm new here. Like, what should I do? These are already creatives who are doing that. Like it's other people who moved here and are like, I love my art and I don't want to do anything else but this. So like other actors oriented me to like, okay, so this is, this would be background acting. And this is all the places you sign up for that. This is casting networks. And here's the things you can get on that. Like, oh, what's your budget? How much do you make? Okay, well, it's this, I had a hair makeup artist student. Uh, music producer, uh, people, videographer, photographers, and then like people from around the world, a lot of, a lot of Brazilians. That was fun. <laughs> Very lively, love music, musicians. So um, all of a sudden now I just moved there, I moved out of there two months ago and I still call those people to do my photo and video reels and for hair and makeup for, for photo shoots and things. So it's like, when you come in being like, I have nothing, I'm not going to spend money because it is easy to spend money. Um, and everyone says, take this class, do this thing. And it's like, well, how about I just like read that person's book and then do it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cause I can listen to, like, I have a master, I have master's degrees. I have like certificates in Java programming. Like I've taken classes. I, I don't need to pay someone to listen. I love listening. I can, but I learned from like my friends in Mexico and even like little kids like just go on YouTube and do it it's about doing not about studying so <laughs> it's been a very um minimal now I can live pretty minimally and and I push that edge constantly <laughs> that's incredible I just it like it sounds like almost like a hostile 
situation, not the movie scary, terrible things, but I mean like actual hostels. You sure? <laughs> um, that's like such a smart way to get started, um, especially, and, and and then you've built those awesome relationships. That's so great. Um, I had a question. Do you still not have a car? Yeah, that's funny. I was going to say, <laughs> that was the one thing that I, I rectified pretty quickly. Well, after yeah. like two months, by October, um, because uh, I first I would, when I did background, I wanted to see where all the studios were anyway. Like some people really poo-poo backgrounds. It's like, well, no, if you've never been to LA, you get on sets, you get to see the whole process. You get to see how gorgeous everyone is from the ground up. And you're like, oh, I got to step it up right now. <laughs> like, <laughs> like from everything, from just like, you learn color design, you learn this, but you also learn where the studios are, where the, where the costumes are, the, where the COVID testing sites are because that's a part of the system now. Mm-hmm. And um, and I would take Ubers or buses there. And because of uh, the pandemics, a lot of the buses were free. So I could actually jump on a bus. I just had to plan like sometimes three hours to get somewhere. Um, and that got old and scary and like potentially dangerous at a certain point because I was living in Hollywood and Hollywood is pretty grungy. um but luckily from Colorado I was able to fly back and um kindly ask my dad if I could borrow borrow (laughs) the extra car that was on its way out anyway until I get set up and so um I drove that back and that helped a lot and then also from figuring out sort of the ley lines of all the studios I picked a neighborhood that made me feel more comfortable um, so now I'm in North Hollywood, which I'm in the yes. Valley. I always wanted to be a Valley girl. The valley. <laughs> I was like, I'm in the Valley, you guys. Mommy, daddy, I'm in the Valley. <laughs> so I'm a Valley girl now. And you have that. a, is it a two bedroom apartment? Like you have a pretty like awesome residence now. You don't have to share your room with anybody, right? Yeah. Well, and it's, so the nice thing too about having lived so small was that my, at first I was like, okay, let me vision board some kind of like work, live, loft studio thing. And those were stupid expensive, of course. And I was like, I don't know when I'd even get to that point. And I was like, all I need is a room. Yeah. <laughs> I just have a single room to myself that is a studio and a live workspace. And it was funny because on one of those days that I was driving between like a costume, COVID and set, I, there, I passed this neighborhood, I passed this park that was near all these highway junctions. And I was like, cause I hate driving on highway. So I like, I need it. I need my highway entry points to be very calm and soothing for me. And I was like, this would be a great place to live. And then I just went on roomies.com. And I say that because everyone asks me like, what did you find it on Craigslist? And I have not used Craigslist in 10 years and that would terrify yeah, right? me. Right? Yeah. Um, I don't know what goes on on Craigslist anymore. It worked back in the day and now, and I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's fine probably, but um, <laughs> I still, uh, so yeah, I, some people posted something. It was two other creatives. They had an open room and I was like, cool. And I go to it. It was literally one block over from when I had said, this would be really cute to live. So I'm in a three-story townhouse with wow. two other people and um it's gorgeous a big open like bottom space like living floor whatever that's called unimportant words in my vocabulary (laughs) these days just drop out and then my room is the smallest in the house and I'm pretty sure it's been they've been here for like four years so I'm pretty sure it's still rent controlled so that I'm paying the same amount that I paid at my old place what (laughs) what well I do street parking now my old place I did end up paying for a parking spot 
Um, so the other old place plus the parking spot. Now I have my own room and I actually happen to have a walk-in closet, which I've turned into my voiceover space. Perfect. Um, so, and, and they're great. And they're, it's just, yeah, it's, it is pretty incredible. Cause what I'll do is actually, so like behind me is my backdrop and what I'll do is I, I roll out a Japanese floor futon. I used to just sleep on sleeping bags on the ground for a month and then my back would hurt, but it would make me do yoga in the morning. So that <laughs> habit stuck. Um, but so I literally will lay out my bed <laughs> when I go to bed, I will sleep and then I will roll it back up and it is hiding behind my backdrop. <laughs> and now I'm in my work office. Wow. <laughs> and I love it. It You're feels like so Marie spacious. Kondo for acting. <laughs> <laughs> I love her too. <laughs> I do have to like, like Marie Kondo my room every other day though, because my workflow changes and it's like a mess from, from the hips down. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I'm sure if you have a standing audition, and then the next day you have a voiceover audition, and the next day you want to maybe exercise, do some yoga, and then it's back to, you know, that's, how how big is your room for all this to be done? Oh, my you know? God. It's very small. Um, <laughs> it is probably, it's not even 10 by 10. Wow. Um, really? But it feels huge. When you've been living in a box yeah. with four other people, this feels, it's all I need. Like. I mean, at this point, I would almost even just like add a bed cubby just so I wouldn't have to roll out my stuff. Because um, <laughs> I think my, my closet is about the size of my bed cubby. Wow. <laughs> like, so it's, um, it's, it's really not, and it's like kind of pen, like hexagonal shaped, it's, but I, it just feels creative. Like everything yeah. around me, as far as like staying focused in this career and in this life, there's no room for distraction. And I can wake up and just like start making noises and moving and warming up my body and being weird. And like, it's all one holistic blob <laughs> of the arts. <laughs> and completely manifested. I mean, you you and I would talk about this, uh, oh God, two years ago, about where we wanted to be and how our careers were sort of uh, growing into what we were hoping it would be. And honestly, unless you've you've hidden some sort of DoorDash job, I don't <laughs> think you've you've worked, you know, a service job or anything like that in a few months, right? You've just been mm -hmm. focusing on acting. Yeah, when I first got here, I just to like have a sense of because there is a line I think when you're living such a, it's not risk of averse, like, <laughs> or rather. It's, I do my own risk management. I do have a threshold. And so when I got here, I also planned my flight time for a, once I picked the neighborhood, um, I, I picked, uh, there's a job fair at Noya House, which is this, it's kind of like a Soho house. Like there are writer's rooms for all the big studios there. It's a private workspace. And I was like, great, I will go be a host there. They can see my face and be like, hey, you, <laughs> like, come read the script for us. We want to hear it through somebody's voice kind of thing. And when I got here, they had just lifted the mask mandate. So like for one week, I could look at people and they could see me. <laughs> and because everyone there had like was on a first name basis. They would throw all these celebrity parties at night. I'm like this, like if I'm going to just like land and get to know LA and just get paid to just get to see what our costs and everything, like this would be great. But the mask went back on and uh, my body just kind of rejected it, to be honest, because I mm. didn't have time to work. So like I got like sciatica from standing all day mm. and I was like, and we're done. And that's it. Mm. We're, we're, and at that point too, I, I had been there a month. And so I, so I got there late July. I had a job 
And I had the job offer and a home to live in two days later. Um, I crashed at a friend's house the first night I got there, um, but I was out the next day, basically. And um, after a month of that, I was my roommates had already told me how much they were making, which was the same I was making because on the over on backgrounds, you work so much overtime when you do work, you don't work every day. Um, so you'll just be like, have a 14 hour day. And that would be like, you know, a couple of days of that, you've hit 40 hours. And um, so then that's when I jumped into background. And now that I just got an agent, I've cut out all the background. So I'm in my new world of like, okay, now, now what's the next like level of cushion I can provide myself, but I'm still won't do it. Like people are like, oh, DoorDash. I'm like, nope. Like where my energy goes, I don't have time to lose. I don't have a budget to lose time. And I don't want to, like, I, I didn't give everything up and sleep on the floor so I could do the DoorDash. Like mm -hmm. I could go back to corporate if I wanted to, and I haven't wanted to in many years so far. So <laughs> it's never hit that level. <laughs> Can you explain what background is to our non-actor listeners? Yes. So uh, just look at any TV show or commercial. And if you just see people sitting in a table behind the main actors, just like having a conversation at a cafe and you're like, wow, I can't believe they shot this in a cafe. And it was so quiet that I can hear the actors perfectly. And there's no distracting sounds. Those are background actors. They are pantomiming. They're like, well, you can't see me as a podcast, but I just started like <laughs> moving my lips, pretending to have a conversation with no sound coming out. And it's really funny because once you start doing that, you never watch movies the same. <laughs> sure. And, uh, and you, but you get paid for that. It's not like extra work necessarily that. Yeah, no, it's, uh, yeah. well, yeah, it's especially because um, here I, I never did it on, if I was doing anything that was non-studio because like you can do indie anywhere. And that's what I was doing in, in Colorado. And that's where you can get great real footage. I mean, I still use the real footage that Tyler and I made from the web series. And honestly, it's some of like the higher quality stuff that I have even compared to like short films I've done in LA. So uh, Tyler, keep going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's some good, let's do some more. Um, but I would only do studio background, so. It's minimum wage in California is $15 an hour, but yeah, once you hit eight hours, you get into time and a half, you hit 10, you get double time, there's meal penalties. Like basically it's like going on a field trip. You show up at like 6 a.m. in the dark someplace. There's a giant line of people. They give you <laughs> new clothes and maybe a snack and you get another COVID test and they put you on a bus and you take you to set and you are there. You are meat puppets for the day. You are just human decor. <laughs> for what they're doing. <laughs> and sometimes you interact with the principal cast and you become featured. I did have one featured um, booking, which was really cool on Snowfall. So you actually, you will see me on Snowfall, the new season. I think it's episode eight. I, I can't even tell you if there's like, if I'm allowed to say what's going on in it yet. I know the season's released, but that episode isn't out yet. Probably not, but yeah, I think no. Snowfall episode eight would be enough is, is totally uh, enough, enough to go yeah. off of. you'll see me yeah i i am i am part of a principal actor's world for that nice. so you should you should be able to to tell who i am um so that was really amazing and that was great because i got to actually work with that actor um we developed the storyline more and so that was a really and i got my first two sag vouchers um which is entrance getting closer to sag eligible and the the tv film world here to be nice. an actor because the background isn't considered acting 
um, they say like, well, because you're not acting. And it's like, well, honestly, you kind of are like you when, when you're put in 70s clothes and it's not just like, oh, fun dress up. It's like it's three in the morning. It's freezing out. You're in four inch heels and you've been doing this thing where like on the moment you're going to like you're hitting marks. You're well, So you're learning choreography to like move around cameras and stuff. And sometimes if they really like how your looks, they'll, they'll they will feature you in front of the camera. And so when somebody's walking, you just learn so much. Like I could go on forever actually about how much I learned by being on background. I think it's incredible. Um, but after three or four months, I'm like, I want to be where the people are. <laughs> <laughs> like you could get elevated from that, but at a certain point, you're just like, no, let me, I've, I've learned, I've studied, I've seen how the principal actors handle pressure. I've learned what stand-ins are and I'm learning lighting and styling and makeup. I've learned so many makeup tips from different shows of different decades. Like you learn what trends are going to be coming out next year because you can, t you get to learn which decade is going to be the new fashion influence and all that stuff. It's like, it's so, it's really cool. And then it kills, it, it's backbreaking because you're, at least for me, like I would, I would have so many new muscles from shivering all night. Sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, and you like, some people have been there, they're like warriors. They've been there for years. They bring like a suitcase with a full like blanket and, and snuggy and change of shoes and your warmers. And <laughs> it's, um, it's kind of ridiculous. Um, and yeah, sometimes they're, Sometimes they, they, they break the rules and you have to call SAG for SAG violations. <laughs> but, but it's a really beautiful way to meet people at first. Um, but it's also not, like Tyler was saying, um, definitely not, I would say, the most efficient way to meet people. Like you'll meet cool people and it's a really great way to start practicing asking production assistants or other people on set, like, what do you want to do? Because like a production assistant, for example, like the person who's, hurting all of the background cattle that wasn't their dream either mm -hmm. they're also working mm -hmm. to get through the studio system um so asking them like oh because they're writers and I know people who have taught like built relationships that way and then end up being on that person's short film because they they jump around from production to production you get another production if you've been nice to that production assistant they remember you and then mm -hmm. they give you the voucher um but the best networking I found here has been actually going to film festivals. Well, actually social media and film festivals. And when I say go to film festivals, I go by myself. <laughs> also because I'm a nerd and I'm like, who wants to come? And nobody goes. I'm like, okay, I'm going. Um, and then when you show up to a, a film and you're just there to be really present and engage with people, but not to talk about yourself, but to talk about, to genuinely talk about them. Cause these are people who are just like you and they worked really hard to get where they are and giving them their moment genuinely is like, cause you can't just walk up to somebody who's worked that hard and actually made it to where you wanna be and say, let me tell you about me. I don't know anything about you, but you should really care about me. Like, that's just <laughs> not, would you, would you do that? If you saw like Steven Spielberg and you're like, I don't know what you made. <laughs> But <laughs> I'm important. Steven, was it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Spiel, 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 whatever. I'll call you Stevie. Spielberg. Like, you, you need to start doing your research. And I think when you get on background and you realize how many people you don't know, like, as far as camera people, directors, different production supervisors, like, it's just been a constant, like, this is the university. You don't need to pay for a class if you just get IMDb Pro and stalk everyone who you've been on set with 
and look people up on, on Instagram. <laughs> That's my next tip. Look up everyone on Instagram. Not everyone's there, but a lot of them are. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and a lot of them, especially like the important people that no one knows about and they don't want people to know of them because they want some sanity. Um, so respectfully um, engage with their content and also give them those, that, those props there, the kudos there, follow them. Um, and even if they don't, cause you do, will have one second. Usually some people, most of the time, if they see someone's followed them, you, they will click on your profile and you have one second to sort of have that as your business card. It lays out who you are. And if you have something that actually like, intrigues them or they like it, they'll engage back because it's actually value. Like it's all about who you're serving. It's all a business. It is literally a business and is a risk management business. They will generally hire people they know unless they're looking for something specific, like, oh, we don't have anyone, but you haven't had this look. The odds of that is low. It is how I got the featured backgrounds, but I, that's, no, there's more to be doing. You don't want to put the power in anyone else's hands. Um, and then even if that doesn't work, not that it doesn't work, but say it's somebody who's a little too high up for you or just they're busy, they don't use it. See who's on their stories. Who are they hanging out with? Who are they tagging? Look at those people. Are they interesting? And it's really not creepy if you do it genuinely. <laughs> you keep telling yourself that's a that, very Nicole. thin margin. It's <laughs> very thin margin. I know. And I am like now going through like a purge of my Instagram. It's like if I don't actually if if, if there are relationships that didn't pan out because some of them have and I, and and that's how I started meeting um like the next sort of round of people who I spend my time with was because. Because even in Colorado, um, some of the people that I worked with down there, we follow each other. And a writer here was heard of a writer in Colorado uh, from some more jury panel or something. And they saw that that person followed me and they were looking for an actor. So they looked at my page. But I'm pretty sure that the only reason that I came up onto their page was probably because I found them through somebody of somebody of somebody. Um, but they put it together because people, if people they know follow you as well, they'll take that'll be an in of interest to them because they're like oh if so and so follows them they're in my circle I should maybe know who they are because there is this sense of like everyone does want to know who is going to be next because so much stuff can't be said publicly right away once it's public it's like the stock market once it's public it's done uh, <laughs> you want to like you want to get in on the insider so the cool th the cool thing about the algorithm uh and not even make it serious, like law of attraction slash the, the Instagram <laughs> algorithms. Um, once you start like popping up in people's feeds over and over again, it's a sales strategy. If you, people have to see something like 10 times before they'll click on it. So if all of a sudden you're like popping, I guess Tyler, that's how I found you. <laughs> like, and the funniest, <laughs> the cutest thing is that like usually people who reach out to me, I've had it happen three times and they've all been very productive friendships that's developed from that. They're like, I don't know how we started following each other, but <laughs> like, let's meet from this. Let's go get a coffee and talk about some projects. Like I literally had that happen last week. I had that happen a couple of months ago, which is how I ended up at a film festival who that person's manager was there and that person's manager brought me into their circle and that circle is taking me to these parties where I'm meeting those people. And like still very careful, very selective. But the funny thing is people be like, I don't know how I found you. And in the back of my head, it's like, I kind of have been subconsciously planting myself <laughs> in your circle for a bit. So if, you, if anyone out there sees my photo on Instagram or in their stories as a recommended person, I found you. <laughs> interact with me it'll be worth it <laughs> 
we'll make cool things. It'll be fun. I swear. I have good intentions. I'm so <laughs> curious about your background because I feel like you alluded to it a little bit. <laughs> Were you doing something non-acting related for a while? Like you said, you have master's degrees and like this all feels like the no of somebody who like has helped create these algorithms and things like that too. Oh, she's wicked smart. <laughs> she wouldn't tell you, but she's hear all a about genius. That. Oh yeah. I may have been a software developer. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Love that. Yes. Um, uh, yeah. I, when I, so I had done act, like all my training in Ithaca, New York, since I was 10. Um, and there it was like Broadway world influence, like, Jazz tap ballet, like a 42nd street, you're gonna get there and do <laughs> singing and acting and did all of that stuff. And I loved it, I loved it, I loved it. Um, and then like college time came around and my parents were like, great, do something else. And so I, I tried and I and I tried for like 10 years. Ooh, shoot, no, I'm not saying how old I am. I will tell you, I will tell you why that's actually an important tip, I think, for actors, um, because it is interesting. I love being an adult in L.A. with some life experience. So it's not too late. You will jump. You will move faster with life experience. Don't worry about that, because um, not only can you walk onto a set and have project management experience, which basically makes you a producer. <laughs> that's all it is. is project management, really great project management skills and networking. Um, but the reason you don't want to necessarily tell people your exact age or even your ethnicity is because especially if you've met meeting a writer, director, producer, those are the people who are actually making the casting decisions. They see you, you fit this image. They know they're creating this story, this illusion, this, you're like a muse. And by letting that be amorphous, they get to decide in their head how old they think you are or what ethnic background you are or this or that. And um, and I just still, I use ethnic background very broadly. Um, you're just like, because they, there is a big push and I see it in the breakdowns to have authentic people playing authentic roles. But like, if you're a mix of things, um, uh, it's, it's just good not to limit anybody because as soon as you actually remind them that you're a human being, being with a specific personality and a specific story, you are no longer part of this imaginary world, like you're this pretend world. Mm -hmm. um, so that would be... The, I would say though, it does become strange because along this journey of going, transitioning from corporate and back to allowing myself to be an artist again, I've done a lot of spiritual work. Like I really dove into yoga, meditation, South America, shamanism, like for months in South America, not like pop versions of any of these, like popular versions, like actual with indigenous groups, like purging really dark stuff. And I will say that all of the, uh, the, the trauma management tools that I've learned in the past 10 years, I use them every day as an actor. <laughs> sometimes for characters, sometimes just for me. Um, but because of that, I actually have de-aged. I look a lot younger than I did five years ago. And so people will see me and they will assume that I like, cause I don't like my scars don't show. They will assume that I'm young, naive, kind of dumb, haven't had world experience. And then I plop out that I know like that I speak four languages and to have a master's degree I went to Brown University and like all this stuff and, and then they start they'll do the thing where they're like I'm putting together that your life experience and my expectations for how old are you are not matching <laughs> um and so at that point if we've had a conversation that long I'll either let it I'll be like yes I I, I look quite young and I'll leave it at that <laughs> for some people and for others when I'm just 
with others on more of the business side and I, I do want them to respect me, I will lay it out for them. Like, this is my age. You can't mess with me. Not with that <laughs> intention. If I'm talking to them, I don't feel that. But there is, there, it, it is a strange thing to be treated not my age when, when beforehand I was treated differently because I looked more my age. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Age doesn't matter, but like, it's just all how you process it. It's you, you're making this pretend world in your head and you have to make it work for you so you can play in other people's pretend worlds. And how do you think, because that's interesting to sort of build off of, with you having life experience, how do you think that's changed your uh, your reception in LA and also just your general, uh, I guess, not physical appearance, but just spiritual appearance to people? Because they can smell desperation a mile away, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel like knowing you, you talk to everybody very genuinely. You want to just just talk to them. I think people really respect that. So how how has that affected the further development of your career as you know you even acquired an agent recently? Yeah, well, I think there's two pieces to that. Um, I was, I am very, I mean, it sucks to like, you let other people tell you that you're genuine. You don't say I'm genuine, um, <laughs> but I do trust people and I do wear my heart on my sleeve. And that is kind of terrifying in LA because people are playing levels of games that I didn't even know that there were levels of games. I'm just like, even I'll meet somebody and they're like, no, I set it up. So you'd see me here, 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 here. I'm like, oh my God, like, okay. Like, mm. so I am very careful. And I actually did have a, um, a friend tell me before when I moved here, um, cause I also managed like when I've been other places in the world um, or just throughout my life, I've met people who are in places that are even like so high that they can't help me yet but they can give me advice. And so I think that's where like mentorship comes really handy because I've gotten the most amazing advice from those people. They're like, I can't give you a leg up because even if I made, I've, I've one phone call that I can make and there's one time to make it and you're not there yet. If you're coming, if you're, if you're just coming from nothing. Um, so, but what they did offer was like, prepare for after you've made it because it's going to be even harder to find people you trust. Like your world will get so much, you will get bigger. Your world will get smaller. So I kind of already group people into like the people from my co-living, like the people who know you before anybody, like those who, those are special, like be nice to everybody, <laughs> like and genuinely so, because people can smell it. Because um, of the people who you would take with you or like some of the groups I've been with, I spent some time with them I'm like, oh, this doesn't feel right. Don't spend time with them. So I only go out with this group. Um, the funny thing was I, I went out the other uh, weekend and I saw somebody we were online to get into this place it was kind of a jumbled mess at that moment um, but I saw somebody who I'd seen on Instagram like as uh, another manager and I had reached out to them before and I and I saw him recognize I'm like oh hi I, I know you on Instagram and they just gave me kind of like oh thank you and they kind of dismissed me and that second like we walk through and I get brought in behind the velvet rope <laughs> and now they're on the outside watching me like like be nice to everybody because mm-hmm, yeah. even like the people who you work with if you do work at a restaurant or something like those people those writers can be producers can be the ones making the casting decisions be nice to everyone because there are games but um to go back to the other side and I guess we are going into that like being genuine and uh how that affects being here and having knowing who you are I would say um I love what I love about coming to LA is that it even took me a while to adjust that I could really be myself here. Like 
I think in, in New York City, you can be yourself because there's so many people that no one cares, but here it's almost celebrated to be you mm. a little bit more. And I think for me, in other parts of the world or in, in the US that I grew up in, um, being myself, like being my full colorful self was like, tote it down. Don't be this, be that, be fit in, do this thing. And so I shut down so much. And then I got to LA and again, it's just crazy. Like I came with a suitcase of clothing and a, somebody from that Noya house was doing, was like an event check-in and said, oh, like I'm a stylist for this thing. We have extra clothes. I have some clothes I think you'd love. Like brought me a bag of clothes. Like be nice to everybody, you guys. That's amazing. Um, and I was so afraid to wear some of these clothes because they were louder than I'd ever worn. And people in my house were like, no, this is LA. Like, I'm like, I feel like I might be take, like mistaken for a hooker. Kind of <laughs> in Boston, that has happened. <laughs> when I came back from Russia and I was wearing like clothes that were acceptable in Russia, like somebody pulled their car over and started drooling. And I was like, oh my God. Um, but here they're like, no, 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 you, this is fabulous. <laughs> and so like being who you are is more celebrated. To be loud is to be celebrated. And I've never felt so seen since I've come to LA. And that's been a process because you still have to lose yourself to find yourself. It's just, it's like being in LA is like being in the quantum field, like everything and nothing is happening at once. And whatever you feel inside will immediately show up around you. So if you're feeling rough, rough things will be around you. But if you change it, it switches faster than anywhere I have lived in the world. And like I said, I've been doing like process other sort of like trauma stuff. Like I've done a lot of mindset stuff for years before coming here. Like I'm so happy I have all these tools because it can get scary to be in such an, a world that feels like you have no control, but you always have control of your own mind and to really learn how to control that and be happy first. Because when you're joyful, the world looks joyful. And then other people, other joyful people see you too. Or just, it doesn't even matter what other people do. Just like be joyful first. Um, but there's um oh gosh there was still there was something too about the oh being seen yeah like I thought I was gonna just disappear in LA because everyone that's what everyone says like you know, LA there's so many people there's so many beautiful people there's so much talent and like yeah I've just um it's not even just being seen yeah knowing myself and then okay coming into this Asian audition um I'd been with, um, doing work, commercial work in Colorado beforehand, and I would get auditions and callbacks, but that was my first time in that world. And I wouldn't book things. And I would like get the script and I'd be in the, but I got the experience of being in the room and shaking and I'm standing in a room and there's like a panel of people and they're doing a big like car commercial that's $8,000. And I walk in, I'm at that callback. I'm like, cool, this is going to be great. And I'm just in a room like this backdrop, nothing else. And they're like, okay, um, pretend you're, you're in a car dealership shopping for a car, test driving a car, go. And not only have I never done that before, but like I'm in a room and I have five feet on a white wall to just like commit and be like, yeah, let's go. Like, but at that time <laughs> I was just like, freeze up like, okay, moving my hands like a wheel adjuster, bending over to check tire pressure. I don't know. Like I didn't, I was so excited, but scared at that time. And then walking in now with like, it's not that I have nothing to lose. I just gave away already everything that I could lose and focusing. And I've also learned to focus on everyone else. Again, like I said, it's about the other people in the room. It's not about you. So even like walking in, I saw a lot of people who reminded me of me in my first auditions. A lot younger people um, were at this call for this commercial um, agent. And they maybe because of the pandemic 
everything's been virtual, they maybe never had the experience of being in a, in a room like that before. And so I was just focused on being kind of like maternal energy of like, oh, like take care. Like, yeah, let's be this together. Let's be a team, you guys. Like, all right, who's next? You're next. Great. Let's get this order. So everyone's calm. And I could just walk in and be like, hey, these things. Yeah, I know. Like I could just <laughs> finally be, because I remember there are women in my auditions who are slightly older than me and they would walk in and just be friendly to everybody. They just, you could tell they felt so good about who they were and they booked it every time because it's just about being authentic and you have to know who you are and if you've lived a life you can pick up a script and be like I know that person I've been that person this was me three hours ago this is like this is my aunt from when I was 10 like you you have so many more and those are positive references and you look at the negative references you're like yes I can relate to the script too <laughs> This divorce court looks very familiar. <laughs> Much easier to play than when I was 17. <laughs> so uh, the, the school of life is, is helpful, I think, a lot. And yeah, yeah, loving everyone and just taking care of your own joy, I would say. And it's a process because even I got after I got signed and I had to let go of my mini financial security net, a background, like I said, like, I use one word, I'm like, I'm excited, but I'm scared. And someone who I'd met, you know, or maintained a relationship through social media, like, I didn't even know they cared this much. They jumped in and said, no, we're changing that word right now. Cause this is somebody who's actually established. And they were just like, foom, foom, foom. We're not saying fear. How about I'm ready or I'm grateful or I'm prepared. But he's like, don't use that language ever again. And I was like, okay. And that actually really <laughs> helped because then like I shook that out. I cry. I make sure I cry every day to get out on my fears because fears are, are okay. <laughs> you must accept your feelings, <laughs> but, uh, and they're welcome. I'm again, I take care of my mental health very actively, <laughs> but, um, but yeah. And then later that night I got, I, because I was, you know, emotionally balanced and available. I got invited to these crazy things that like, may have changed my life and I don't even know it yet so <laughs> it's a it's a magical place that's why I call this place the quantum field <laughs> what you feel you will get so I do wake it's up in the a... morning scared <laughs> you make it sound so appealing dude <laughs> it, I was just gonna say it, it's like it's the most it's a it's the most different perspective of LA I've ever heard before. Like so many people I know who live there or have been there, um, just talk about how fake it is, how they don't like the people there, how it you know and and um, or they love they love certain aspects and they hate these other you know and it's it's up you know I've only been to visit a few times and I've never really it never really felt like a home for me, um, but I you know I'm definitely pursuing a different path so um it probably isn't a home for me but it's just like it's so nice to hear that from you because <laughs> I think a lot of people have that fear and and those expectations and and really what you're saying is you kind of you you create the expectation and then that is what manifests and so if you have the expectation that's gonna be bad then it's gonna be bad yeah. wow well, and I think too, it's interesting because I, I actually, I even have these conversations with people here who still say what you're saying and they are manifesting those things. And like, they're like, how do you live in like, what's like, why don't you like Uber Eats, DoorDash thing? And I'm like, they're like, how do you do it? I'm like, don't spend money. Don't, mm -hmm. 
don't sign up for everything that everyone tells you you should sign up for. Build a relationship with them and, and consume their materials. There's a lot of it online, but like, and then even I would say, I've always thought about in terms of, you know, you are the five people you spend the most time with. And so when I first got here and I was like, I didn't know any, I didn't even know any background actors. I'm like, great, I'm in background. I know background people. It's like, well, I'm not here to be a background actor. Who do I want to, I want to know working actors. Like, because there is a level, because there's this world, like when you're in the background world, like, like, how do we get out of here? We can't get out of here. Like there's that mindset too. And it's like, but you also know that there's tons of other people who've made it past that, who are auditioning all the time. And then there's the actors who are auditioning all the time, but never booking. Like, well, how do I book it? How do I book it? And then there's the next level of people who are booking it so much, you never see them and they have no life. And they're like, so stressed or like happy, but like, and they're not, they haven't even like quote made it. You wouldn't maybe even recognize them on the street. There's so many things. So I just kept being like, okay, how do I, you know, I don't, when I'd go into sets, I didn't necessarily spend time getting to know other background actors. Some I would say it would stand out also because it's a different world. Um, the, the me too thing is it's rough. <laughs> and like, so I think also as a woman too, you get used to like, I wouldn't interact with background because I also didn't want to get like hit on all the time. Like, so, but if somebody did come through with a genuine connection, I would keep that connection. Um, that's like, you know, looking for that real, but I wouldn't waste time. And I was kind of cutthroat about it. I'm like, no, I'm not talking to you. Sorry. <laughs> that's the East coast of me. <laughs> I'm not going to be like, I'm not here to go on a date. I'm really not. Um, no dating at all. Uh, <laughs> and uh, that's a different podcast too. <laughs> That'll be the one that Nicole and I start. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a fun one. Um, that, that one could be career making or breaking. We don't know. We don't. We will get there one day. But um, what I found was helpful was then. So all my attention on sets was actually on principal actors and production. Again, in a genuine way, and I would never approach just because. I would just find natural moments to interact and appreciate them for their hard work. Because honestly, I think, especially production work, if you can respect production. Like actors go on sets and it may be a 16 hour day, but you're in holding for a lot of the time. Even when you're a principal, there's so much pressure. I mean, there's hundreds of thousands of millions of dollars on your performance, but you do get to go into a trailer and recharge. Production is running around constantly for that amount of hours plus setup and breakdown. And they're doing it again every single day, whereas actors are called on certain days. Everyone's role is tough, but like appreciate everybody. Um, and that's what I learned in Colorado because a lot of people who've retired from LA or burned out, moved to Colorado. Yeah. And so I would hear about set and they taught me how important everybody is. Um, but beyond that, I also started hanging out with other creatives. When I couldn't necessarily find actors, it wasn't appropriate. To me, some actors did, um, established actors did, like we went on coffee and talked about creative process, but it, you know, it stops at a point because they also like the expectation world is, is weird. It's like, unless it's kind of a date like it was weird to come from a corporate world and HR training where it's like if someone's talking to you and you're not like actually already working on them at that level they probably just want to date you so you need to change those expectations quickly um because everyone's lonely I say a lot of people are lonely in LA that's very common um that's again it's another story but it's interesting but again it's been a growing process on so many levels here um how do you set proper boundaries and expectations and uh, but I started hanging out with other creatives if I couldn't necessarily comfortably hang out with other actors um, who are established and, and, and keep a safe space for me, number one. So hanging out with artists, um, comedians, 
I ended up like hanging out in the artist and comedian world. And that is such a fun place to be in. It's a totally different energy of people. Um, I've just gotten to know a lot more people in the dance world as well, because LA has everything. Um, and so I'm not necessarily close to any dancers, but they're in my circles where I can watch things on like shows. I get about to say any names of things and be like, oh, look, there's my friend's relative and this and that. And, um, and so I think, thinking about and those people are where they are and you learn a whole nother level of production or you learn about lighting or you learn about this or that and you get to go to these other events in that in that group whereas it's maybe harder to access certain actors if you're in a group with like established comedians like you're still in the same vip or at this event or in this group and you're just meeting really cool creative people and that was my thing like as i said I don't like to just pinch and hole into being an actor. Like I just want to be a creative who is fulfilled and happy and can successfully live off of it professionally. That's all I need. Um, bunk beds, optional. <laughs> um, I hate to do this. I have to run. You guys keep talking. What? This has we been amazing. We didn't talk about this I'm, at all. This is I'm so, so rude. sorry. Oh my gosh, I, I Stephanie. Know, I'm the worst. I wish. <laughs> such so a sorry. Bond. I hate this. Sorry, bye. <laughs> bye, Stephanie. <laughs> Thank you. Bye, buddy. And then there were two. Uh, yeah, it's, I honestly think you're, because you and I had, well, the night before we flew out to Sundance, you stayed at my very small studio apartment. And we, like, I think we shot that day. And then we were just too excited to to sleep, you know, for a little bit. But just talking about, manifesting what we want our creative careers to be and I know you and I are we're we're the opposite of some people we meet where they're like yeah I want to I want to get all the residual money I want to get a big house and I want to you know get a bunch of cars and you and I are like I just want to create and and work on my creations or someone else's creations it's it's the the most simplistic approach to it but I think the way it manifests especially within your life and within your career there is a like um there's just a rigorous work ethic to it that does not necessarily show because you are so like giddy and optimistic and happy about it like every experience like and you and I've talked about this every experience is either a new lesson or just a, a really like fun memory even if it sucks you know it's just you experience that that's great and I think that's what is fueling every single second you're out there because the second you told me you're moving to LA I'm like okay, do not move back here. Like, don't move back to Colorado. You're going to make it work. And that's what I was thinking, because I knew it would, it would pay off. And look, I mean, you're not even there for a year. And look what you've accomplished just by prioritizing your, your needs and, and your, your social life, you know, you, you have a regimen and you stick to it. I think a lot of people are very unsure as to if they can do that or not. Yeah, I, it's thank you for 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 that. Um, it is interesting because, yeah, like I said, I wake up in the morning and like need to make sure I cry because it is scary <laughs> because I have set it up by design that I won't eat if I don't make it. Hmm. That the next that I don't hang out in a plateau because unless it's like where I want it to be, and it's. Um, I will say even on this path or even since you and I went to Sundance, like I get distracted too. I've had, I've been distracted. Even like the first few months of LA was 
processing residual distractions and like, you know, finding, figuring out which coping mechanisms and comfort mechanisms are healthy or which ones are distracting. And I think it was really at the end of, like I had made movement forward, but it was the end of December where I really was like, I got, and that's when I was able to get my own room because <laughs> I moved into this house in, in December. And and I was really able to like, I'm going to wake up in the morning and I'm going to be every ounce of who I am. There's nobody else's opinion in there because like, I definitely, when you're in this, not even just this industry, but this life, like the external validation or just like needing validation to survive, whether it's your parents or society that had run my life for so long. And I had reached success in those worlds of like corporate or you know what a traditional life looks like and I was so depressed and there's nothing to run back to um even I would like my happy place would be to go to abroad uh which was when I sort of like made this transition is because I was in Ecuador and I was able to sort of reconfigure my life by spending six months out of this country so I could come back to the place where I had all of these rules in my head and start breaking down those rules. But it's, yeah, it's a constant process. And I was just thinking today because there was an audition for something that it looks like it was written for me and it was so exciting, but like I have to let go of that that's it because um, when you hold on to it, you're like blocking the way for something new, especially it's not the rejection that hurts. It's when you maybe made a choice in it, like you got the chance and you made a choice and afterwards you're like that was the wrong choice I did this to myself <laughs> um if I could only go back 10 minutes and do it again and it's actually those things that you hold on to longer but I was just thinking today as I was trying to process myself out of that place just today um it's the things where you feel like you messed up or the things where you feel like you weren't prepared and then you follow up on that afterwards hmm. you like what you prepare for is not actually what you're preparing for. It's kind of just that catalyst to be like, oh, I wasn't ready on this, that, or that. I'm going to do it as if I get a second chance. But what you're doing is actually you're preparing yourself for the next thing, which is probably an even better fit or a bigger fit, or it doesn't even matter. You have to just keep letting it go. And I found along the way that I do pick a point like, oh, I want to get this kind of a role or this kind of an agent. But during, it's not about enjoying the journey and I also decided today I don't like the word journey because journey sounds very flat I like the mm -hmm. rise because it's all rising it's all building on each other and to like jump from here from like to jump too far hard I'm using hand <laughs> gestures and this is a podcast but like, to try to jump with imagine my hands are a foot apart like that like will freak you out like I said when I got my agent I freaked out because my world my known world shifted really fast and I didn't have things set up in it but if you jump up like one stair step um you're building and it may feel slightly uncomfortable but you can still trust your flow like enjoy the rise and and along that rise while the the end point or the goal of like I want to be a star on a thing or win an award um that sort of helps you focus on a day-to-day -day because every day you have to decide what you're gonna do what pops up along the way of that that rise like I'm finding this whole new world and voiceover and voices are coming out of me that I didn't know existed. And it's just like, oh, I'm going to play in this. And in that I'm realizing like, oh, if I want to relax my nerves, I can start playing with voices. And I don't even know where that's going to lead. That's even more exciting to me because the best things are the things that I never planned. Like you and I meeting and creating that series. 
And then even just when you said you're going to Sundance, the part that you left out was you were going to Sundance. And I just said, only after, after having known you a couple of weeks said, cool, can I come with you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I only have one bed, no problem. I'll hug the corner. Yeah. <laughs> We saved a lot of room for Jesus on that trip. <laughs> yeah, we were. Every, we we're had such like, a great dynamic chemistry. Everyone's like, "Are you two?" We're like, "Nah." Like, no. We're, so great. we're as close as you can get, but that is not a thing. And it's <laughs> it, uh, you know, as far as your take on on it being a rise instead of a journey, I couldn't agree more about that. And looking at each audition as less of a, oh, I mean, like this is, I got this, or oh, I just. I, I think I just had a shitty audition. I think it's, you know, we need to realize that we still have hindsight. You know, I think especially you, we've looked back on certain things we didn't get and have gone, okay, well, yeah, I totally get it. That's, and of course there's a few where you look at it and say, why the fuck did you make that choice? <laughs> it took me about a month. I got, because the, the, the wonders of COVID meant that in January when Omicron came out, there was a lot more cancellations. So like everything's yeah. an opportunity, you guys. And so there was a rush call. I can say this, I'm not giving any details. There was a rush casting to replace um, like a speaking line role on Euphoria, probably because they got COVID. And now they're yeah. like, oh crap, we're shooting Saturday rush call. And I, I saw the description. I'm like, oh, this is me. I have real for it. And I got the, the request to submit an audition. So if you don't know how it goes, they put out sometimes if your agent's not already submitting you, you'll see this like post for a role. You'll say like, hey, I want to audition. Here's my materials. And if they like you, they'll send you something so that you can submit back an audition. And I had never auditioned for a TV show before, especially not one at that level, because here everything is confidential. So they had actually given me like a script from a previous episode that wasn't of the character. They had just given like one little thing of like what this character does. And I I didn't put two and two together that I was really supposed to make it my own. Like they say, make it your own. But like when they're giving you a script from a different episode, like you, the, you're supposed to just have full free reign to just go nuts. And I just did yeah. a very straight read of it, like in a euphoria way, yeah. but like I hadn't been so caught up that I knew that it was a different character until I think it was literally two days later. I was like, Ooh, I should catch up on euphoria. And then I saw the episode, the first episode that I watched had that scene. And I was like, Oh no. <laughs> and it, it took me like a month to recover from that emotion oh no really <laughs> yeah because like I had just at that point I was still doing background I had no leads for an agent and I was like and if you get a speaking role from nothing you get automatically into SAG like because otherwise the entry fee into SAG is like three thousand dollars which you'll be making so much and they protect you. So it's definitely worth it. But there are ways you can just get written in and production pays for it. And that was kind of like this little golden ticket moment. And um, I think I'm like, was still using that as a reminder for myself today on the next thing where I said, I'm like, this is beautiful. But the thing is the things that I, the, the skills that I developed since then to compensate for where I was and the, the mindset tools that I knew I needed to understand more of and the research that I did because of that, that flub meant that when this next one came up, I felt like pretty good about it. And I wasn't as attached to it. I made some bold choices and even like reaching out because you got to ask for what you want is what yeah. people say. Like, Tyler, I want to go to Sundance with you. <laughs> <laughs> Let's but, go. But even when I think of stuff about social media is your business card. And if you find people on social media, there's been been opportunities where I think I'm making content for one project and that doesn't pan out I'm like well like the little head says well that was a waste but then 
or you move, you have emotionally moved on because you're an artist and you're constantly like evolving and changing, reinventing yourself. But then the next person you reach out to or somebody else you hadn't even known existed reaches out to you because then they saw that content. So you're not making content or you're not making stuff for the projects you're on or you want. You're creating content for the projects you're going to get. And that's what's like, yeah, just loving the, learning to love the mystery, let go of the mystery and just focus on your joy <laughs> and whatever helps you wake up in the morning. I have a very <laughs> massive ritual of listening to subliminal audios, journaling and all sorts of stuff to get my mind into a better spot. <laughs> I mean, you got to do what you have to do, especially if your morning starts with fear. Okay. <clears throat> How are we going to tame this monster? Mm -hmm. uh, you, I mean, I've always known you to be a, a very wise person because of your life experience and your general perspective on on experience life itself and you've given us a lot of little kernels of truth in this episode already but do you have some advice that you could give our listeners whether it doesn't have to be arts industry based but just succeeding in life in general do you have something you could share with them hmm that's an interesting question, like the extrapolation of it, because I've definitely learned from doing all of my own spiritual work and my own spiritual practice, which is just personal. Like when if I talk about that to people, like not in that world, people get turned off on it. But when I put into a different jargon, just like how I use this for stress, like all of a sudden, like, oh, yeah, it's the same thing, just different language. Um, and I'm actually I've been thinking about because now I have this context of acting. It's like how to how to save your mind as an actor with these with these tools without calling them spiritual tools or whatever it doesn't matter where you get it from but um I always see like the main topics that we've covered today is uh when you're with other people like you're with yourself all day like as I've learned to have a healthy relationship with myself and like not dating other people which is just like novel for me uh, <laughs> but like in a good way I say there's like obviously a dark tale behind that um but like I've discovered like hey hanging out with myself is great we have the same interests we like the same foods we're on the same schedule we accept <laughs> the same things in ourselves um but when I'm around other people it's that's at a time to hear a world perspective that's not my own mm. like that's that's where the creative input comes because I only know what I know and it's other people that's that's why you come together with other people is because they they know what they know and you put those together you can like see everything from a different way and it's not personal like and if you notice that you have so for me um like if i would have a visceral reaction to something somebody says like i take something personally it still wasn't ever about them it's about something that happened to me when i was seven that i haven't fully processed so that still happens and i try to like let that go and try not to project that onto that person sometimes i can't help it <laughs> sometimes there's like a triggering moment i need to remove myself but i will try to go back and reflect on those times during the day like i had this response to somebody i didn't like how i reacted um, how can I look at that within me? And instead of focusing on those things, even if I have a critical thought about somebody, um, like somebody says something, I'm like, nah, that's weird. Um, I try to go like, no, Nicole, like number one, if you have that voice in your head, that's criticizing them, that voice is criticizing you. And if we need to like love ourselves enough to put up with this amount of stress, like we really do. Cause that was like the self-loathing thoughts are probably the most destructive ones to anyone's life. Mm -hmm. So if you're thinking those things about other people, you're thinking them about you. 
maybe not that exact phrase, but that that habit to critique. So instead I would try to switch to like, well, instead let me focus on this incredible like gesture of gratitude, like this incredible gesture they're doing. Like, let me focus on the things about them that are actually so special and giving about them and the, the things that they bring into my life that I didn't have, or I don't, I don't act that way. I don't plan to, um, but I think that's so amazing that this person exists for that reason in my life. And I'm really grateful to them. How can I give back to them? Um, it's like, again, making it about other people, but then that you can do that if you take the time to be with yourself and give yourself mm -hmm. all of that space to be unfiltered you. And then that way, if somebody does try to filter you, you're like, that doesn't phase me. Yeah. And I think that's how being older now and being in this, it helps to be able to manage this industry where you're like, I'm going to make my choices. I'm going to love me for my choices. I'm going to have fun and be silly. And I'm not going to take it personally. Like, I understand if, if that wasn't your choice for this, this role or whatever, or just a person to hang out with in life, that's fine, go your way. But like, I'm happy with me and I'm ready. It's, it's a process, but yeah. Listen that. to people <laughs> on a podcast. This is like the ultimate marketing. Listen to other people. <laughs> listen to other people. Brought to you by listen, podcasts. <laughs> yeah, listen to other people when you have the chance to speak. It's one thing to like listen when you're just like watching a YouTube video that's not uh, really active. In fact, like I found group therapy helps me a lot, which is on Zoom now and very helpful because you really are you're participating, but you're listening. Um, and then when I have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with people, because I get excited and I want to share a lot. And in LA, everyone wants to share a lot. Like you really do have to like actively stop talking. And that's when you people share with you the deeper layers. And it's in those deeper layers that you make those connections that all of a sudden they, they've been wanting to give to you. You just didn't give space for them. And when you give them space, all of a sudden they're introducing you to so-and-so. And again, it's not coming from a place of trying to manipulate people, at least like cho you choose your path. Obviously there are people who do that, <laughs> but if you choose like a genuine path, you will only meet genuine people. Or even if you don't meet genuine people, you won't even notice cause you won't even consider them as people you would hang out with more than in passing. Yeah, those are the people that you say, yeah, I'm not talking to you. I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I'm totally comfortable with us not being friends. This is not gonna happen and no, you can't have my number. But follow me on Instagram <laughs> because that can help me get jobs. <laughs> I will just relegate you to the general message section. Of yeah, you're not going in our in my primary. I'm sorry. That's you're, you don't belong there. <laughs> and there's so you have. I, I'm still waiting to see your your film that you've made. Uh, but are we able to promote that or anything else in this episode that you've been working on? Honestly, the most helpful thing would just be for people to follow me on social media okay? <laughs> because there, it is a, um, in this new world that we live in, and this is where things even like LinkedIn. So say you come from the business world. Um, and even if you don't come from the business world, uh, create a LinkedIn, why not? Um, cause the LinkedIn that I created when I was 22 in the corporate world, like I follow the, the agencies that are my dream agencies, you know, the ones that would never consider me. And then you see what they're posting because they're posting about their business strategies. Yeah. And what I've learned is that like CAA, United Talent Artists, um, uh, they are really investing in online content creators and agents for the digital digital social media space. Like they are seeing influencers as a big thing. And I had someone explain it to me really well is that like, when we all grew up, there were certain people on TV and people chose who's going to be on TV and we love them. So if mm -hmm. Brad Pitt's in a film, 
we're going to go watch it or in a TV show, we're going to watch it. But for the next generations coming up, like maybe they're mildly, they know the name Brad Pitt because everyone else knows it. But as far as new actors coming up, if someone they follow, uh, like that has millions of followers on TikTok or whatever, and and don't even worry about whether they can act or not. That's not important because what's important is your skills. If you get that amount of followers, those people are, and you're auditioning for a thing. You say, I'm auditioning for a thing and I have these followers. That is money. This is risk management. Mm-hmm. Those people are going to watch you on that TV show. I think even the, the newest character uh, or one of the new characters from the season two of Euphoria has a massive social media following. She does the role amazing. And she has that. So if you're a new actor and trying to break through and you don't have money to produce your own film because you can buy your way in, you can have friends who are producing and they can put you in it because producers make the the calls. If you don't have that, you can do social media. And and a lot of times they will ask you for your social media account and that will be a casting decision, even for commercial work. So I would say, and the thing is you can make so many films and you will make so many films or projects that never make it to the end or that makes it to the end and get pulled at the last minute. It's, um, that's why nothing's out until it's out. And uh, you always have to keep your own power. So I think, yeah, the most <laughs> helpful thing would be to follow me on Instagram at beautiful soul, Nicole, um, N-I-C-O-L-E. Um, and that would be, also, I just love to connect with more creative people. I love to talk about this stuff all day, obviously. And yeah, it's su- uh, super helpful for, possible opportunities because it just means that you're creating something of value and if you provide value to the world you'll get that value back so see you hear you hear that everybody you're on instagram right now anyway as you're listening to this i'm sure you are uh give (laughs) give nicole a follow please and i'm gonna use this since steph is gone uh for this uh remainder of the episode i am now forced to give our spiel that we do for every episode but i'm gonna shorten it because uh, I'm not good at that kind of thing. So if you love this podcast, if you loved uh, hearing Nicole talk about her adventure in LA and what I hope to see much, much more of in the near future, please give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. And if you do give us a five-star rating, send us an email at pwrp.pod at gmail.com so we can send you a thank you card and a shticka because Nicole is getting a said thank you card and sticker for her participation <gasps> in this podcast yes i yes. have no idea oh i didn't Aww. tell you <laughs> no it's like the best oh yes we give a, a thank you card and a sticker to our guests just because it's just a, a little token uh it's something fun to do so we will be tearing up over here That's so sweet. <laughs> i'm getting a little foot clamped uh and in addition to that if you are somebody who works in the arts industry or you're trying to get into it and you want to share your story, we'd love to sit down and talk to you. So please email us again at pwrp.pod at gmail.com. And we'll get back to you right away. But before we end this episode, Miss Nicole, you know I love you with all my heart. You're the coolest. Mm. You're my buddy. You're my brohim. And I'm just glad that you finally got on here. Uh, it's only, you know, been a little but bit. I wouldn't but. go. The funny thing was like literally last week, he's like, you need to get on. I'm like, what am I going to talk? I haven't, I don't have anything noteworthy. What Everything. am I going to talk about? There's nothing. Everything. What can I possibly offer? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, shut up and get on. Yep. <laughs> on the podcast. Just, just get your headphones. We'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll do this. And also because I wanted to see what you do for the last part of the episode, which is our awkward goodbye. Oh. Uh, we're going to do a Wayne's World countdown. And when I finish, I'm going to point to you. 
when I point, give me your best verbal awkward goodbye. And given your talent for linguistics, you can do absolutely anything you like. Are you ready? <laughs> no, it's already <laughs> feeling awkward. I love it. I love it. It's going to happen in okay. three. Bye. Was that awkward enough? <laughs>